Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Level Up Podcast. I'm Brendan Payne, and uh, today we've got a great guest from Long Island, New York, Mr. Richard Rasmantini, who is coming to us with Home Smart Premier Living um, on Long Island. So, Richard, thank you for hopping on the podcast. I'm looking forward to, uh, to great, getting some great information from you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. What's, uh, are you guys warming up up there? You know what? I think it's about uh, 55 degrees today, so it's not terrible. I That's think it was 65 not. yesterday. Yeah, we're warming up a little bit. That's not bad. Well, maybe we're through all of it. We're about uh, almost 70 here in Charleston, so we'll try to send some of it up your way. Love it. Hey, um, for those of you who uh, in the audience that may not know um, you or, or kind of what uh, you've been up to, can you just kind of bring the audience up to speed on just your journey through this business up to where we're at today? Just uh, kind of the short version, and then we'll dig in. Yeah. So, I mean, really quickly, I got into this business in May of 2014. Uh, I lost my job twice in a year. First time was in June of 2013. Second time was in uh, February of 2014. Uh, reinvented myself, figured I'd, I'd get a license. Somebody said to me, you know, what are you doing right now? I basically said nothing. And he said, why don't you get a license? And I said to him, well, I, I have a mortgage. I got a family to feed. I, I don't know about this license thing. I said, you know, um, I, I got to pay bills. And, and he said to me, well, what are you doing right now? And a light bulb went off on my head. And I said, he's right. I'm not doing anything right now. Might as well give it a shot. So I kind of looked up some schools, looked into what it took to get to becoming an agent. Um, I found a school that was starting a nine day in a row class a couple of days later. Uh, I paid the late fee, got into the class, and then away I went. I picked a broker and I started working. Uh, in New York, you need two years of certain amount of sales. Uh, and after your second year, you can become uh, a broker. So I, on my anniversary, I pretty much left, opened up my own brokerage and I've grown it in, in the last, I don't know, three years to five offices, 120 plus agents, and it's the fastest growing brokerage on Long Island right now. Wow, outstanding. So let's, um, let me, so a, a quick start. I mean, 2014, you're six years in the business. And where were, when you started, you've got, um, you get in the business because it's, it was just kind of a suggestion, weren't doing anything, get licensed. So what were you doing? How did you get? Um, started in, in actually selling because it sounds like if you were going to make a move at two years, you had to have gotten stabilized and started doing some deals. Were you working buyers, sellers, both? Just, both. Uh, so it's steady. really interesting. I remember my first day in the real estate office, you know, the broker says, okay, you know, go sit there. There's a phone. And, and I, I just thought that people just walked in off the street and said, hey, I need to sell my house. Yep. And I thought the phone would ring and, and that didn't happen. So after a couple of days of that, I said, man, I, I got to do something. So uh, I think it was Zillow at the time was doing the Zillow make me moves. I don't know what they were yeah. calling at the time. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to start calling for sale by owners. And I started calling for sale by owners. And, you know, a lot of times they would hang up on me and they would say, no, 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 no. Call me back in two weeks. Call me back in a week. And they're kind of blowing me off on the, on the phone. But mm -hmm. what I was doing is I had one of those calendar books. And if they said to me, call me back in two weeks, I wrote back, call this guy in two weeks. And I would call him back in two weeks. And he'd probably blow me off again, blow me off again, blow me off again. But what started to happen was, is I started to, because I kept calling them, it started to build a little bit of a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And I think the statistics say that 80 or 90% of FISBOs don't sell without an agent anyway. Right. So 
little by little, I started getting a couple of the listings. And then, you know, that turned into some buyers. And then I started to get into some expireds. Because if you remember in 2014, not that the market, the market was was okay. And I mm-hmm. think coming out of that downturn from the 2008, 2009, yeah. and there was still some stuff that was still expiring. So I was able to pick up a few expireds that way. And pretty much um, social media was in its infancy. Mm-hmm. I started doing social media stuff. You know, I was a Zillow premier agent when Zillow was in its infancy and it only cost a couple of bucks not to where yeah. it costs now. Right. And they were rotating me in and out of zip code. So I started to do a lot of that. Uh, and within my first year in real estate, I think I made $300,000, uh, as an agent. And I realized that, you know, this is probably something for me. Um, and, and how many deals would that have been in your market? Probably 30 deals. Yeah. You know, 30 deals or so 30, 35 deals, maybe, maybe a little less. I forget exactly where the market was at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. But I know some other markets, you need to do a lot more to make that kind of money. We, we have 31,000 agents here, so there's a lot of competition for it. Just 31,000? Just 31,000. Yeah, it's growing every day. Yeah. 30,000 of, 30, of them don't do anything. Yeah. But, uh, you know. That's true. But, um, yeah, and that's where I am today. Got it. Got it. So, you know, the one consistent thing, if you're, if you're an audience member and you've listened, you know, more, to more than one of these, the, the amazing thing is regardless of what the person, the guest that we have on is doing at the time that we're talking to them, there is a consistency between how they ended up still being in the business after the first two years is they just went out and worked. They just went out and actually went and decided, I've got to go get in conversations about real estate. And we're going to hear a little bit later on. It sounds like you, you know, in a lot of it was probably stuff that you picked up just by trial and error. Um, So you got, you got stabilized, did some deals, made a nice income, just out of curiosity without getting too personal. Was that more than you had left or had been oh, uh, lost your absolutely. job from? Absolutely. And okay. you know what the best part is, is, is when, you know, when you're an independent contractor, you're entitled to a few more write-offs than Couple. what people are yeah. entitled to as a regular W-2 employee, right? Yeah. So uh, our, our tax bracket or our, our tax nut automatically comes down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have certain write-offs now. So it was... A, it was it was, it was huge for me, you know, yeah. I'm very entrepreneurial and, and, um, which is again, why I opened the brokerage. And I think I mentioned, I also have an insurance brokerage as well now. Okay. So you get stabilized, start doing some deals, realize, okay, at this point, this is probably whoever introduced me to this idea. I owe them a big thank you. I'm in the business. I'm doing some deals. Then you decided to make another jump, which was open, open your own brokerage. What, what prompted, what prompted that, um, versus going and just saying, you know what, I'm going to go and, um, and just keep doing deals and keep growing my own personal production. So the great thing about only being in business a couple of years was I was still very, very naive. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I looked at it this way, you know, I'm on a fixed split. I think I was, like I said, 75% at the time, 75, 25. I said, it's going to cost me this much money to open up my own brokerage, this much money for my own overhead. I said, worst case scenario, I'm making the same amount of money with just me having my own brokerage. I, I, to me, it was, a, it was a no-brainer. And nobody ever hired me because of my brand. They were hiring me because of all the work that I put in. Very few people even know who I was working for, mm-hmm. unless I told them. So that's when I quickly realized that really brand doesn't, doesn't matter. The agent is the brand, you know, which is something I still teach new agents, that you're the brand. You know? um, and I preach that to all of our agents. And, and I think this is why we, we've grown so quickly is because 
we're all kind of like-minded. We all have that kind of same mentality here. Um, and which has enabled us to, uh, they've helped build this brand for me. I never intended it to get this big. I didn't. It just kind of happened organically. Um, after my first year, I think I had eight agents. And then I don't know what the heck happened. And then something just happened. And agents started coming over, coming over, coming over, coming over. And, um, you know, it's it, just been, been awesome. It, interesting. So you, so when you, your mindset when you left was, you've got, um, and I think this is important because we, you know, you have a hundred percent model, which there's just like regular brokerages or, or, um, profit share brokerages, everybody's got their opinion on them. And, and this isn't the, the, or the audience or the, the format for that. But it's, I think it's interesting that when you started, you just looked and said, listen, I've got a portion of my investment return, which is your check. And you didn't, you weren't getting anything for it. You didn't right. feel like you were getting a return off that, which nobody wants they realize that that's happening. Nobody's happy in that situation. Um, just like a seller not feeling like they get anything for their commission. You weren't feeling like you got anything for that. But you opened the brokerage with the intention of just worst case scenario, it's evened out. Like I don't do any worse. Um, I've got my, my own brand. Um, wasn't getting any value out of what I was paying for um, what I was getting. And so you didn't have the intentions of growing what you have now. So where, did the, where do you think that the, that the shift was where then you looked and said, okay, well maybe, because that's what, that's, that's agent entrepreneur. That's recognizing right. something and saying, okay, um, now I need to maybe pivot from the original plan. What was that? You know, I, I think it was just, like I said, after my first year, I just had agents kind of being attracted to uh, the way I did business. And my, I have a lot of energy and people, I think um, they're, they're attracted to that. They like mm -hmm. the energy. They like I'm a kind of no BS guy. You know, there's no fluff here, right? So uh, people appreciate that. And yeah. it didn't start off quickly. I got a, you know, a handful of agents and then the word kind of spread with them. And they said, you got to talk to Rich. You, you should really, you know, you're not happy. You should really talk. Just have a conversation with the guy. Right. And I have conversations with agents all the time. Even agents that don't work at the brokerage, whenever I meet an agent, I always say, look, man, if you need anything, just call me. You know, just, I've been there. I, I've been in those trenches. I know what it's like. Just give me a, give me a call. It's not even a recruiting call. It's just, I want to help. Yeah. I want to, that's just where I come from. I come from, you know, a, a helpful type contribution. of contribution. Yeah. You know, yeah. And people, the agents appreciate it. Yeah. Well, man, I and mean, that's, that's another, like, there's another consistency between our guests. It doesn't matter. Companies across the, the country, models across this country, there's another nugget for those of you listening of what success in this industry looks like. It is you're a giver first and then in, and I think that that defines it very well. So, Absolutely. so now, um, you've got the brokerage and in, in, you've got a hundred, you said 120 agents, about 120. Yeah. How many, how many locations? Five. Okay. So critical distinction there. Um, for those that are looking and saying, okay, well, my opinion of, because there's a lot of hundred percent models out there too, we can go virtual, we can do this. Um, you, how do you differentiate yourself from those others that are out there and, and have a value add when you've maxed out what, I mean, I guess somebody might pay 105%, but 100% is 100%. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you add value to the agent side? Well, well, first of all, you know, it's never really 100%, right? So let's just get that out there, right? So 100% commission, they pay a $700 transaction fee and it's 100 bucks a month, okay? okay? 
in, in some markets, it's a lot less than that. We're in the New York market, so our, our bills are a little bit higher, right? But, you know, the value that we get from the HomeSmart model, so if anybody is familiar with HomeSmart, it is the largest 100% brand in the country, right? It's about 20,000 agents across the country, 39 states, 180 offices. I forget exactly the amount of it. Um, and they've built proprietary systems. So they've never built systems from the outside. So they go by what the agents want, they take what the agents want, and they build stuff for them. So whether it's flyers, CRM, websites, all the training that we do. Um, and what's great about being a franchisee at HomeSmart is that they give me the freedom to train the way I want to train or the way I want to build the agent brand or help them build their brand. And in the way I do that, the value that I give is actually the value that uh, I, you know, I, I help them build their own brand. I don't think many companies do that anymore. I think, I think every other company preaches brand, brand, brand for the brokerage, but not the agent brand. And I'm completely opposite of that. And I, I think that's the value that I give. It's not even about the hundred percent model. You know, they come for the hundred percent, but they stay for the culture at the end mm -hmm. of the day. We yeah, don't have yeah. turnover. I'll be honest with you. We have very, very little turnover. Um, the only time we ever get turnover is if it might've been a new agent, their MLS dues were due and they decided that maybe this is just not for them. Mm -hmm. But the agents that come over from other brokerages, it's like they stay. When they come, they stay, you know, and they love it here. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that, um, you know, the, and it's interesting hearing it from, from you on, on that model that um, people don't stick around for um, splits. Like there's, if, if, if they don't like their being there, they don't like what they're getting out of it, even, even at that level, then there's another place they can go. There's always somewhere else somebody can go. So you, you keep the people based on how you treat them and, and um, their perception of value, not, on, uh, not necessarily on what you're getting. That might bring them in the door, but it doesn't keep them. So you mentioned uh, an in, uh, insurance company. What? Because that's a, that's a different model too. Obviously an ancillary business, kind of a natural um, natural offshoot of being in the real estate business, a lot of opportunity. How did that, how did that, um, come about? Was that, um, recent or? Yeah, it's over the last, uh, I'd say about a year. Um, I, I opened it about six months ago and I started, uh, I, I got started thinking about it about a year ago. A friend of mine is in the insurance business. A friend of mine who I was sending business to, uh, for, for, for uh, homeowner insurance said to me, you know, I, we went to lunch one day and I said to him, I said, geez, I kept getting these LinkedIn things on email about opening up insurance brokerages. I said, why would I want to do that? And, you know? And he said, well, why wouldn't you want to do it? And then another, a light bulb went off in my head. And I said, well, how hard is it? He goes, well, you go to school. I think it's 90 hours, whatever it is. And it's the hardest 90 hours I've ever been through. I would never do it again. By yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so you go to school and it's the same idea. I'm like, hell, I could, I could do this. And I also realized how much business I was referring or my agents were referring to other companies. And I said, well, why don't we just keep this in house? Mm -hmm. And it's just another way to make, uh, I guess, ancillary income. Mm -hmm. The business operate completely independent of each other. It's its own office in its own town, with its own, you know, its own thing, its own phone, its own internet. It's completely separate. Mm -hmm. um, but we do get referrals, you know, and what's yeah. great about, you know, insurance is it's, it's not how much money you make in it today. What people need to realize and what's great about insurance is you get paid on that every year. Yeah. Residuals. It's residuals. I hate to yeah. use that word residual, especially in this business, yeah. but insurance business, it's different. Yeah. Well, and, and it is, but here's the, you know, one of the things I, I use that term all the time because a lot of people don't feel like there are residuals um, in real estate and, and there really are. It's the people that are getting up every day and they go and do, they go out and generate business. So they go out and create leads for themselves and they get them in a database and they, 
they work those leads, those are residuals of the real estate world, meaning you can get paid in the future for something that you did today, but you got to do something today. And so I think a lot of times we get caught up sometimes in the, in the real estate model. It's like find a lead, help them buy, help them sell. And then you sold yourself right out of a client and you're in this, this continuous um, wheel trying to chase the next deal. And most of the, the high producers that I've, I've worked with or that I've talked with in the past, they've taken it differently and said, I'm looking for today deals, but I'm also trying to figure out how do I build either the brand, the database, the pipeline, so that at some point in the future, I'll get paid for something I did two years ago and somebody I never even remember talking with. I think that's a, that's a, a distinction that's uh, um, very similar to the insurance market. True. Right, Joe. So are you with, um, with that business then are you, um, you have agents, you have insurance agents that are working within that team as well? Yep. So I have a couple of insurance agents that are working out of that office. Um, I do give the opportunity to my regular real estate agents if they want to get licensed. If I think that they're a good fit for insurance, I'll even put them through the schooling so they can help build their own thing. So a couple of the agents that we do have in that office, uh, are actually also real estate agents, but now they've kind of transitioned a lot now into the insurance thing because they just, it, it, for them, I think they feel it's more uh, full time. Whereas mm -hmm. you know, when you're a real estate agent, it's kind of like in and out all day long. Right. It's a little bit different. It's, it's more fixed than it is uh, kind of floating in and out. Yeah. Yeah. But it works out for them. So it's good. So where do you go from here? Are you still growing the, because obviously you're in a, a high, highly densely populated area. Growth is, is available all, all over. What are, what are your plans to grow the real estate company from here? So uh, the same way I've been growing. So every day I get, or every couple of days I'll get a call from an agent from XYZ town and they'll say, geez, you know, if you had a home smart in this town, I, I would join you in a heartbeat. And I said, really? I said, how many more in your office feel that way? He said, oh, I got three, four, five people that feel the same way. And I said, I'll tell you what, let's look for a space. It doesn't have to be huge. If you're telling me you can get me five agents in there and I do the math, I say, if the rent is yeah. going to be X, this is going to be X and, and I'm going to make an X, as long as at least it starts as a break even point, I'm in. And that's how I started each and every one of my offices. And then we just grew them. You know, we don't look for 3000 square feet. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have marble countertops and bidets in the men's room, right? That's right. not... It's not how we're built. You know, we're very, very simple, you know, desks, you know, we have monitors, computers, all that stuff, but you know, it's not flashy. We try not to keep it too flashy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the insurance and the insurance is, is kind of, you see that going parallel with the real estate business. Well, it, obviously is now, it is now because now what our agents will do is, is obviously affiliated business disclosures and everything else. If there's a buyer pack, there's something in there with, that says that we are affiliated with an insurance company and you may or may not receive a call from an insurance person um, when this goes under contract. And you know, we have access to the MLS. So every time deals go into contract, these folks get a call and they yeah. get a quote. What they do with that quote, that's up to them. Um, we do keep our fees extremely low on the insurance side of it um, because one thing I did promise my agents and even my clients that we're not going to bang them over the head for insurance commissions because it's yeah. just a piece of what we do. It's more of an ancillary thing to help them in their process. Mm -hmm. So it comes from another point of contribution. Yeah. So we don't really slam them over the head with fees with that either. Yeah, makes sense. And so what, um, what will you guys uh, in, in 2019, what did you end up in terms of um, transactions between the, the five offices? Where, where did you end up at? We, we fell over a little, a little over uh, 400 sales transactions. Uh, but 
at 120 agents, at the end of 2019, I maybe had 107. Mm -hmm. uh, but from, say, March of, I might have started with 45 agents in March of 2019 and then kind of grew that during the year. So there was a lot of growth in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and the way I like, to, I like to say it, it's not even the transaction. If you look at what the average transaction per agent is, we're about four to one. Four transactions per agent in any, you know, which is when you say four transactions is not a lot, but how many brokerages you know that have an average of four transactions per agent? Oh, industry averages, of. yeah, it's, it's way lower than that. And I think we produce, our agents are producing at about 77% at any given time. So this about 77% of our agents at least have one deal going on. I ran those numbers too. We, our next closest competition is like 14% away from us. Mm -hmm. So we, we produce here. We're not just a license hanging center, which is, we can't be, not at 100% base broke. I can't have license hangers, right? right. So it's, it's very, very important that we get even new agents to get them to do deals. Another thing is we provide leads for the agents. So I have some lead systems that I give agents. So it gives them an opportunity to get out there and start building their own business as well. Got it. And are you kind of the, are you the sole um, uh, leadership in the office? Yep. It's okay. just me, my voice. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see, I can see that, uh, you know, you're, you obviously got the, the energy and got the, uh, the rapport with people and, and can probably guide them. Uh, it's, you just got, you got to be a busy guy, man. You got to be getting calls 24 seven. I do, but I love it. And, yeah. and I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. And, and when I opened up the brokerage, people told me it was out of my mind. It'll never work. You're crazy. Yeah. Why would you do that? And I said, I don't know. Why wouldn't I do it? Again, I yeah. was naive. But thinking back on it, best decision I ever made. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're, not, you're not too far removed from being that new agent. So that's, and I that's still a, do some deals. Yeah. You know? And if I get a call from my buddy and says, hey, I need you to sell my house, I'm going to sell this house. And people's brokers say, well, so you're competing with your agent. No, I'm not competing with my agent. Reason is, if my buddy calls me and says, you just sell my house, and I say, no, I'm going to give it to one of my agents, he's going to tell me, no, I'm giving it to you or I'll go someplace else. Right. So it's not about competition. Yeah. Also consistent with what, you know, your, what your mantra is that uh, they're hiring you as the brand, not the, not the exactly. sign that's up front. So exactly. got it. Good deal. So a um, lot of people getting into the business right now trying to figure out their way, some, you know, figure out their model. If you had to narrow it down, somebody new that's coming into business and um, forget models, forget plans, all that stuff. What, what are one or two of the things that in your experience have made the difference on whether or not when you see people come and go out of this business continually, what are one of the two, uh, one or two of the things that consistently determine whether somebody's going to find success? Or not? I say to them all the time, whether it's new agent, I say, you're the CEO of you. You're running your own business. It's your own company, okay? Every single company on the face of the earth has to spend something to make money, whether it's $5 a month, $10 a month, $500 a month. Mm -hmm. You need to reinvest it back in yourself in some kind of marketing. People need to know who you are. You, the old thing, you can't be a secret agent, right. right? So I always tell them that. Another thing I always tell agents is every, every wedding you go to, every party you go to, you need to talk real estate. Everybody wants to know about real estate. They're always going to ask you, how's the market? Mm -hmm. The market's always good. It's either good for sellers or it's good for buyers. So the market's always good. So that's another thing I teach. You just always got to talk about real estate and you got to invest something back into your business. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And you know, the getting, getting going in the beginning and treating it like you're the CEO of your company then that's, I think, a critical part because a lot of people come in and we all came in for the same reason. We figured, 
uh, unlimited income, get to be my own boss and make my own schedule, which are our three wonderful, incredible results. If you go and treat it like a business for the first three or four years and actually start doing something. Otherwise, you know, you, that's the first thing that puts you out of business is one of those. So exactly. Right. Well, um, I, I really appreciate you uh, hopping on here. And um, if somebody's, whether it's in your area or somebody else is kind of wanting to explore, you know, what you have to offer, or they're trying to, to get some, uh, some folks they know are going to handle some referrals and stuff like that in your area, what's the best way to, uh, to try to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call me on my cell. It's uh, 917-716-9265. Uh, you can email me uh, my home smart email, which is first initial last name. I don't know if you want me to spell it, but it's R-R-A-S-P-A-N-T-I-N-I at hspremierliving.com. Premier, no E at the end. Um, you could text me, call me, um, email me, anything you need. I'm always here to help. Yeah, I have a feeling you you answer your phone and you actually return text. So yeah, my phone's been going off like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, since we've been on this uh, and all these text messages, I need to get back to. But yeah, I make myself available. Good, good. Well, I've enjoyed the conversation. I wish you the best of luck in your growth in your uh, 2020. And um, if anybody needs to get a hold of myself, uh, Facebook and, and Instagram are great messenger. Um, same here. Same get a hold of Facebook as well. Yep. Yep. Get a hold of me and um, also please uh, do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Try to give um, feedback if you've got it. We'd love to, uh, feedback's what helps us kind of continue to get um, great people like Richard on here in reviews as well. So until the next time, thank you very much. And uh, Rich, again, thank you very much. I appreciate it.